The Chicago Bears rebuilt the linebacker position almost completely from top to bottom. And with as much as Ryan Poles invested in that spot this offseason, we should expect significant improvement, even in life after Roquan Smith. You are Locked On Bears, your daily Chicago Bears podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Locked On Bears, and I'm your host, Lauren Cox. I'm here to bring you your daily, in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. You can follow me on Twitter at CoxSports1. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Bears. You can like Locked On Bears on Facebook. Join the Locked On Bears Facebook group for even more Bears talk. And make sure you hit that subscribe button on the Locked On Bears YouTube channel to keep up with all of our video podcasts as well. Thanks for making Locked On Bears your first listen today. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And on the show today, we continue our Chicago Bears training camp previews, looking at the linebacker position in our a bunch of new linebackers, but headlined by Tremaine Edmonds and TJ Edwards. Gone are Roquan Smith and Nick Morrow. We'll look at what potential upgrade the Chicago Bears are looking at in that transition on a net level there. We will compare Edmonds to Roquan Smith, where there's some real similarities there, but also some differences and kind of look at what we should expect from Tremaine Edmonds coming to Chicago. Certainly TJ Edwards represents perhaps a more significant upgrade over Nick Morrow and how those two contrast a little bit more than Roquan Smith and Tremaine Edmonds compare. But then also the rest of the linebacker group, perhaps a little more competition for Jack Sanborn, or at the very least, a lot different depth at that position that I think we can feel a little bit more confident and comfortable with in case of injuries at the linebacker spot. But in particular, I'm interested in TJ Edwards, or excuse me, Tremaine Edmonds, already getting ahead of myself. Those two last names are so close to each other, and they're both T. Ed Blanks, and uh, that one's going to get me all season long. But Tremaine Edmonds, as certainly the prized free agent acquisition, the big money contract, the Bears handed out this offseason, spending perhaps a similar level of money that they would have been interested in Roquan Smith at. Tremaine Edmonds getting slightly less money than Roquan Smith did, but also I think there's a perception of Tremaine Edmonds as not as good of a player as Roquan Smith. And certainly I think there's an argument to be made in either direction there, but I do think over the course of their short careers so far, Roquan has been a little bit more consistent year to year, whereas Tremaine Edmonds had some early flashes for sure, but then dropped off a little bit and then really peaked this past season in 2022 like had his clearly best season in Buffalo, despite not making the Pro Bowl and having made the Pro Bowl earlier in his season. But I encourage you to not use that as the measurement of Tremaine Edmonds's success in Buffalo, much like the lack of Pro Bowls is not a great measurement of Roquan Smith's success with the Chicago Bears. But you can clearly see some some real similarities between the two and then you know some slight differences here and there. Like, of course, Tremaine Edmonds much bigger at, you know, what, six foot five, 250 pounds, but they do have a similar style of speed, athleticism, mobility range that is rare at the position. Two of the fastest, most athletic linebackers in the NFL. And as a result, they've got great closing speed when they're coming downhill, you know, when a 
pass is dumped off to a running back or a tight end in the flat, and the linebacker is, is coming downhill full speed, they're going to get there in a hurry and faster than a lot of other linebackers can. I think there's something to be said, too, about man coverage, where I don't think either one is great in man coverage, but they have the speed to run with tight ends and faster players that other linebackers might not be able to get to, especially when we're talking about running in a straight line. You know, if a tight end is going vertical from an inline position and the linebacker just has to turn and run with him, Roquan and Tremaine Edmonds are two of the better linebackers at being able to keep up there in, in a, you know, a foot race, a straight line speed type race of being able to be there. They're also both guys that are aggressive in trying to come downhill in the running game, but are not guys that are physical in run defense, right? Neither one loves to take on blocks and try and fight through a blocker. They both prefer to run around blockers in a way that sometimes can allow them to make a big play because of their speed, but sometimes it can make them take a longer path to the ball carrier and they end up making the tackle just farther downfield after allowing the running back to gain more yards. That was one of my often criticisms of, of Roquan Smith is that in that running game is just not being able to close on some of those plays. And Tremaine Edmonds largely did a lot of those same types of things in Buffalo. And so when you apply them then to the Chicago Bears, I think Roquan is a little bit, or over the course of his career, has been a little bit more instinctual in coverage, whereas Tremaine Edmonds has been a little bit like, I don't want to say chicken with the head cut off, but goes full speed and goes all out and sometimes needs to just be a little bit, not even slower, but just like, you know, see it, then attack it, as opposed to just attack it and then see it, you know, that sort of order. And I think Roquan has been a little bit quicker in the processing department for a lot of his career. Really, I think up until this past season, Tremaine Edmonds really seemed to slow down and click for him a bit more in this Bears defense. And if you want more on Tremaine Edmonds, we did a couple of interviews this offseason on separate topics, but with Joe Marino from Locked on Bills, we had him on when the Bears first signed Tremaine Edmonds, and he gave us some great insight in the ups and downs of Edmonds throughout his career in Buffalo and why Joe is a really big fan of, of Edmonds as a football player. And then we had Joe on again a month or so ago, I think in May, to kind of talk about the Bears team construction over the offseason. And we talked a little bit about Tremaine Edmonds in that one as well. And I think there was some really strong insight there on why things got better for Tremaine Edmonds and how his development went. But given that, like, there were some questions about Edmonds, puts it all together in 2022. We sort of then assume that he'll continue that, that, okay, he kind of figured it out and it locked in and now he's good to go. But at the same time, that was after a number of years in the same defense in Buffalo, time to really master that and get comfortable with the play calling with his teammates, with his coaches, with, with just everything in Buffalo. And now it's a big transition to Chicago, you know, a slightly different defensive scheme, not drastically different, but, but different. You've got, uh, just a new locker room, new teammates to learn, new coaches to learn, new terminology to learn. And I just want, I do, I do want to just put in like a, a, just a slight point of like, are we positive? Like we're pretty confident. They gave him the big money expecting him to be great and to continue to play great. But let's, Let's not rule. Let's not forget. Like there were times in Buffalo when he didn't play great, and there might be times in Chicago where that may be the case too. But that's why I think you know this time of year with training camp is how you get up to speed and how you build some of that confidence and that comfort. And I do think a lot of the things that Edmonds worked through and, and got better at are things that should be more translatable and not something that he has to sort of relearn in Chicago. I think there are aspects of it that are part of the scheme and the play calling and the coaching and relearning some of that, but some of the like instinctual stuff and feeling out a defense and feeling out an offense and a quarterback and receivers and stuff is going to be pretty applicable, whether he's in Chicago or Buffalo. So very, very low level of concern for Tremaine Edmonds, but I think it's also important to keep in mind that like, hey, 
he might not just be perfectly plug and play elite from the first moment through the entire season. There might be some some of a bit of a learning curve there that we have to remember for him as well. I do think we'll more directly notice the upgrade of TJ Edwards coming in over Nick Morrow and how I think, while they're very different styles of players, I think that one is going to be kind of give them the net boost over where maybe Roquan's still better than Tremaine Edmonds, but the the value that Edwards does to push up beyond Morrow kind of lifts, lifts the whole linebacker crew as a significant upgrade this season. And we'll also check in on Jack Sanborn, who's somehow the most experienced linebacker in this Bears defense in terms of years of service and snaps in this Bears defense, next on Locked On Bears. Now I want to tell you about a new partnership we've got here at the Locked On Podcast Network that I'm excited about and I know we're all excited about because our friends at eBay Motors have teamed up with Locked On Fantasy Football and its host, Vinny Iyer, to bring you some of the best fantasy football picks each and every week, each and every week throughout this upcoming season. Whether you're prepping for a fantasy football draft right now, or maybe you're scouting the waiver wire during the season, every week we're going to provide you with players that are guaranteed to fit your fantasy football roster. So, with your draft prep already underway for this upcoming fantasy season, let's see who Vinny has picked out for us on this week's eBay's Guaranteed Fit Fantasy Picks of the Week. If you're making the first overall pick in your fantasy football draft this year. San Francisco 49ers running back Christian McCaffrey is a guaranteed fit. A healthy McCaffrey is guaranteed to see well more than 300 touches again in his first full season in San Francisco. I mean, he's really the centerpiece of this 49ers offensive engine. McCaffrey checks all the boxes, including his talent, his usage. He's got a high floor and a high ceiling. So run with CMC as the guaranteed fit at number one for a smooth ride to another year of big numbers for your fantasy football team. Like I said, Vinny Iyer from Fantasy Lockdown, Lockdown Fantasy Football is going to help you win your fantasy championship. And eBay Motors knows a championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. And it's the same thing with your vehicle. With eBay Guaranteed Fit and over 122 million parts and accessories for your vehicle right at your fingertips, you can make sure your ride always stays running smoothly. We're talking air filters, brakes, batteries, taillights, alternators, shocks, struts, you name it, eBay Motors has it. And they'll make sure it's the right fit for your car because eBay's guaranteed fit helps you understand exactly what part you need for your vehicle the first time. So go forth, switch gears, crank the AC, say goodbye to sweating if your ride needs a little tuning up because now you'll always know to have the right setup for success from the get-go. With eBay guaranteed fit, everything your vehicle is calling for is just a click away. For the parts and accessories that fit your vehicle, just look for the green check. Get the right parts, the right fit, and at the right prices at ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay's guaranteed fit available only to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. TJ Edwards coming in as the running mate to Tremaine Edmonds, I think will be what feels almost more noticeable. Not that you won't notice Tremaine Edmonds. You'll certainly notice comparing Tremaine Edmonds to the second half of last season when Roquan Smith was gone. But I think the Edmund stuff will kind of feel, it's not going to, I mean, it looks different. It's not going to be exactly the same, but I don't, I don't want to oversimplify. You just swap out Roquan for Tremaine Edmonds and it's the same. But at the same time, like those two are fairly close in talent. But I think the consistency that TJ Edwards can provide at the linebacker spot next to Tremaine Edmonds will really go a long way for this Bears defense. That Nick Morrow certainly you know, was an iron man for this defense. He was there for almost every snap defensively this season. I think he missed a little time, but one of the few guys on this defense that played over a thousand snaps last season, 
But coming into Chicago from the Raiders, we kind of knew what Nick Morrow was and wasn't, right? He is a similarly athletic linebacker. You know, ran fast at the combine, was fast in college, has been fast with the Raiders. Like he he can get on his horse and move pretty well. A little bit on the smaller side, you know, six foot, six foot, like 215 odd pounds. And as a result, like never been a guy who's been high, high impact in the running game, can kind of get pushed around a little bit and had a, a fairly significant track record of missing tackles as well, just kind of overrunning sometimes and not always wrapping up consistently. And we kind of knew that coming in and that's kind of what we saw from him this year. And even like with his athletic ability, he wasn't always the most instinctual player in coverage. Again, like could could, could run with guys, but was always seemed to be like a step late reading and reacting, especially when you see Roquan Smith reading and reacting at the same time. And Roquan would be always a step first. And maybe, and maybe by comparison, it made Nick Morrow look a little bit slow, but I think you saw some of the same things in the running game as well. That's kind of what he was with Las Vegas. That's pretty much what he was with the Chicago Bears. And in comes TJ Edwards, who's a very different profile of a linebacker. I mean, he's got what feels like almost 30 pounds on him in terms of like size and strength and weight as a more of a thumper at the linebacker position. But as a result, significantly slower. I mean, that's a big reason why he went undrafted because there were concerns about how well he might be able to hold up as a three-down linebacker in the NFL. You've got confidence in his ability to step up in the running game, to be physical, to take down ball carriers, to read blocks, to, to execute his run fit effectively. He was great at that at the University of Wisconsin. But, you know, in coverage, he got by just fine. He actually did quite well, I thought, in coverage in college. But you come to the NFL and the players are a little bit faster. You know, the fastest guys you fa you place in, you face in college are going to be mid-level speed guys you've played in the NFL. Or, you know, you're certainly going to play faster guys in the NFL than you played in college. And so there's some question about, okay, how well is he going to be able to hold up in coverage? And certainly he is by no means, you know, an elite coverage linebacker by any means. But I do think his his instincts and his natural smarts and also I think how you use him schematically are able to then make up for a, perhaps a, a slight lack of speed overall. Like he's never going to be able to run with the league's fastest tight ends or certainly like wide receivers one-on-one, -on -one, right? I mean, he can he can kind of be there, but you know, you're going to be able to tell the difference between Tremaine Edmonds and TJ Edwards in terms of how they move on the field. Of course, Edmonds also like four inches taller and a bit faster. The long hair may also be a pretty big giveaway there. But because like TJ Edwards is so smart and reads the field so well, like he's able to see it a step sooner than a lot of other people. And so, you know, he makes his first step before faster linebackers might make their first step. So he almost gives himself a head start so that when he isn't as fast as the other player, he already gets a first step ahead. And so maybe he ends up getting there at the same time as a faster player because he got a, a second head start and got there, got to leave sooner. And then they arrive at the same time because of how long it actually takes them to get to that point. But also in that same vein, like because of his, his instincts and intelligence, like he takes better angles, you know, he like, he just doesn't guess wrong very often. Like he knows, he knows he's not as fast as Nick Morrow or Roquan Smith or Tremaine Edmonds. And so he knows then if the running back is heading towards the sideline and I'm heading towards the sideline trying to chase him, I have to take a certain width of an angle to know that like the run, I know where the running back is headed. I know where I have to go with my speed and his speed to cut him off. And maybe that's a wider angle and not as sharp of an angle as a faster player might be able to take, but he knows the exact angle to take. And sometimes you see 
not necessarily players overestimate their speed per se, but sometimes you know it's hard to predict exactly what angle a running back is going to take or if they're going to cut or if they're going to juke and how you have to adjust to that. And like Ed, Edwards is so solid at that. N- not to say he's perfect every time or never makes a mistake. Certainly this past season with the Eagles, he missed more tackles than you're used to with him. And I don't have a great explanation for that at this point. I mean, some of it's just... You know, luck of the draw sometimes you think you're doing good form tackling and sometimes you get knocked off for whatever reason or you misjudge a running back or whatever. Like, I'm not not overly concerned about it, but to acknowledge, like, this player has flaws, right? Like, he's it was a reason he signed for whatever would end up being, like, what, six, seven, eight million dollars a year. And Tremaine Edmonds signed for a heck of a lot more than that. Like, there's the, the value in their market value does speak to some of that. But Edwards is also really good at as, as a blitzer, as a pass rusher, being very, again, physical and instinctual like he's not afraid to try and run over the running back but also knows like if he's going to try and twist around a defensive lineman how to take the right angle to kind of pop out unexpectedly so that the person trying to block you isn't ready for it right I mean it's just some of these same kind of smart instinctual things that I just don't think the Bears quite saw nearly as consistently with Nick Morrow it's not to call Nick Morrow dumb or that he wasn't football smart but just I think Edward Edwards is like next level instinctual, next level smart compared to some of the other guys. And that's how he goes from undrafted rookie free agent to starter in a Super Bowl defense to well-paid free agent signing early in free agency by the Chicago Bears. It's funny too that Nick Morrow actually ended up on the Philadelphia Eagles. The two teams ended up doing a little bit of a swap there, just Morrow getting a lot less money than Edwards did. But I think when you combine like better instincts from Edwards alongside like a return to a Roquan Smith-like player in this defense, you can feel really good about your two main three-down linebackers, right? When you're, of course, when you're in your base defense, when you have three linebackers on the field and only four cornerbacks, Jack Sanborn will be the number three linebacker. Then when you go to your nickel and you bring in Kyler Gordon in the slot, Sanborn will come off the field and it will be Edwards and Edmonds. And you can feel, you should be able to feel pretty confident in those two guys. I mean, that's what the Bears went out and got them for to really be solid players in that spot. And the expectation should be that those guys are great. Those guys are locking it down. Those guys are holding things up. I do have some questions about both of them transitioning from two really good defensive lines in Philadelphia and Buffalo to a really questionable defensive line with the Chicago Bears and whether that might, maybe the defensive lines they played behind with the, you know, the defensive lines in front of them certainly help. I mean, every linebacker benefits from a good defensive line and it will be a bigger challenge for them without as dominant of a defensive line. But I still think you expect these players to be able to still do well and do the best that they can with what's put in front of them. But that will be part of the context of what we evaluate for those two guys through training camp, through the preseason and into the regular season. But at training camp in particular, there is some linebacker battling going on here. I don't think, certainly I think Jack Sanborn's job is his to lose, but the Bears brought in a bunch of other linebackers this season besides the two guys at the top in the starting lineup. And I think it's silently or quietly some real competition there, or at least some real competition for the backup linebacker spots. We'll get, take a look at how much transition we've seen at this position top to bottom and what that means for Jack Sanborn next on Locked on Bears. Jack Sanborn had a really strong stretch of what was it, six or seven games last season for the Chicago Bears. Completely exceeded all expectations. Everyone very encouraged by what he could do. And I think for some of us, you know, there, there were some expectations among Bears fans like that you would go into the season with Sanborn as like one of your surefire linebacker starters. 
I tried to caution against that a little bit early in the offseason, kind of saying, like, listen, Sanborn was great. You love that, but you got all this cap space. If you can do better at linebacker, you should. If you can afford it and there's a guy that you like, do it. And they did while still having a spot for Sanborn in the starting lineup as that third strong side linebacker, while Sanborn can also still continue to develop and maybe eventually take over one of the other linebacker spots, still be a good special teams player for you in there as well. And I think this is a nice sort of hybrid starter backup role for him this season as he continues to grow in his career because he'll hit roadblocks too. He he had a strong rookie season, but there's always a potential for a sophomore slump. And just as other teams get more tape on Sanborn, they'll learn a little bit more of his strengths and weaknesses. And he's going to have to grow and continue to improve as well. But certainly... Right now, he's pretty clearly, to me, the favorite to start at the third linebacker spot. But the Bears went out and not only, as we all know, drafted a linebacker in the fifth round in Noah Sewell, but then they signed Dylan Cole as a free agent from the Tennessee Titans. They also brought back Sterling Weatherford from last season, who they who was brought on on waivers at the end of the preseason over from the Indianapolis Colts. Also brought back uh, DeMarcus Gates as well, I believe. And so you, you've got... You've got some guys there, right? You've got some some different bodies that there's a lot to like. You know, Noah Sewell, we we talked about him on the podcast with one of the hosts of Lockdown Oregon Ducks here, or Oregon, excuse me, as people out there say, and people, many people correct me on. You know, we know he's got some similar instincts. We know like he had some really bright seasons in Oregon, and then scheme kind of changed a little bit and the responsibilities kind of changed his last season and there was a bit of a drop off and he falls all the way to the fifth round but he was a highly touted linebacker prospect and there's a lot of reason to still think he can develop and grow and that if you know for some reason Sanborn drops off for whatever reason and struggles you know Sewell's right there to try and take his spot again it's Sanborn's spot to lose and I, I'm fully confident that Sanborn will hold on to it but you know there's always there's always competition on this roster, and the Bears clearly didn't shy away from adding more at the linebacker position. There's also then Dylan Cole, who spent the last two seasons with the Tennessee Titans, was on the Houston Texans before that. He's 29 years old. He's been in the league. What this will be his seventh season. He you know he's no pushover camp body added to there. He started I think eight games last season for the Titans. I think largely due to injuries. It wasn't the plan for him to be a starter, but got thrown in there and held his own wasn't phenomenal. Like he wasn't so good that he's going to come to Chicago and instantly take over a starting spot, but he has starting experience and has a lot more NFL experience than any of the other linebackers on, on the depth chart here. Like he's clearly the most experienced of the backups. I should say when I say the depth chart, not the starters, but with the backups there, Sanborn's in his second season, Weatherford's in his second season, Noah Sewell's in his first season. And the other guys on the depth chart are kind of just, you know, can't body bounce around type players there. But still, like Cole has been a very good special teams player. He's almost guaranteed a 53-man roster spot. And then there's Sterling Weatherford as well, who they brought on right away at the end of preseason and kept throughout the entire year in this linebacker core, are clearly kind of developing him through this process. But like going through this linebacker depth chart, it, it really stood out to me that like, you know, who's like who's played the most snaps in the Chicago Bears defense is Jack Sanborn. Like Sanborn and Weatherford are the only two players on this linebacker roster right now that were part of this roster last season. And so there's a certain interesting dichotomy there where, you know, Sanborn is still really young and in the second season and learning. And yet, you know, Tremaine Edmonds and TJ Edwards come in and they can kind of look to Sanborn and say, Hey Jack, how do we, how do we do this? Like he's the young kid, but also the one who's somehow been here the longest. It's only what three more months than Weatherford, but still he's been here the longest and knows these coaches better than anywhere else. And I, I also find it interesting too, that like, Sanborn was the defensive hero 
of last season and the guy that we were all super excited about heading in the offseason and then all of a sudden like what four or five new linebackers around him and new competition around him like he was he was kind of the bell of the ball the exciting future of the linebacker position in Chicago what felt like glimpses of the next great Bears linebacker and then the team goes oh well Edwards Edmonds Cole Sewell three free agents and not a high draft pick but a fifth round pick is not nothing either and that was a all of a sudden, like a kind of a whirlwind from like Sanborn was the hero to now he, there's like competition and guys fighting for his job or fighting for roster spots, pushing him, developing behind him that he has to stay on top of things to keep his job and to continue to continue to grow in this Chicago Bears defense. And we're going to see that play out at training camp. Really excited to see what Noah Sewell looks like at the NFL level. How good Dylan Cole actually looks if he's just a special teams guy who you don't really feel like is a good spot starter or if he looks like a guy who could really compete for that spot and maybe start to push Sanborn more and more. You know, how confident would you be in Dylan Cole if, say, there's a, a short-term injury or even a long-term injury, but for one of the starting linebackers, and Cole might be the first one up there, or Noah Sewell, too, as a rookie, would he be ready to step into that kind of position? And how does Jack Sanborn do in year two? What kind of steps forward and progress do we see from him? And does Sterling Weatherford become something to really, like a name we need to know or just a name that they like but never really ends up panning out into something better than a special teams player because all those guys are going to have to contribute on special teams, especially with them losing the likes of Matthew Adams and Joe Thomas, big time special teams linebackers last season. We went through special teams as our first training camp preview earlier this month. If you want to go through it, we're going backwards through the positions, special teams, safety, cornerback now on linebackers, working our way all the way back to the offense and the quarterback position will be last to get you ready for Chicago Bears training camp. So make sure you hit that subscribe button on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts because that's going to be the best way to keep up with all of our in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. We're not quite daily at this stage of the offseason. Still a little bit of our slow time, but as we get closer to training camp, we're going to ramp back up to four and then a full five days a week of Lockdown Bears podcast. And then that's staying. We do that almost year-round, like 10 months out of the year, almost more like 11, 10 and a half months out of the year. We are five days a week for you. We don't miss very often unless I'm really sick or occasional off-season vacations, but we're here year-round. So that's why you have to subscribe to keep getting your Bears analysis. And of course, we're here year-round for you to give you that next opportunity almost every single day to bear down.